developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Today's Talking Simpsons is brought to you by Loot Crate. And Talking Simpsons listeners can get 10% off a Loot Crate subscription by going to trylootcrate.com slash laser time and using promo code BRIDGE10. That's the number 10. endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody, welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we like making bacon on the beach. I'm your host, Bob Mackey, a good-looking rebel who plays by his own rules, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of The Simpsons. Oh, not again. <laughs> we made another episode. We're very sorry. Uh, who else is here with me today? Uh, I'm Henry. I'd sooner eat a bilge rat. Gilbert. <laughs> I'm uh, Don Quixote, Chris Antista. <laughs> and today's episode is New Kid on the Block, which aired on oh, November 12th, 1992. Uh, what happened on this mythical day in Simpsons history, Chris? <gasps> You wouldn't believe it if it wasn't reported. Uh, Riddick Bo defeats Evander Holyfield. Jerry and George pitch a show about nothing on the show Seinfeld. And you can now watch video on your computer. Apple has just unveiled QuickTime and Microsoft debuts its eternally popular Microsoft video for Windows. Rolls off the tongue, don't I don't know which I'd rather have. I was a real player kid. That was me. I still think uh, I'm asked to update QuickTime on my computer. I just Every like, seven no, seconds. No, no, yeah. I, I watch so many anime openings. You couldn't download all of the anime, but you could download anime openings and watch them through your QuickTime. It would take roughly six hours to download I, I, them. Yeah, but man, it was a beautiful six hours. Meanwhile, yeah, that Riddick Bo thing, he didn't have uh, a great career after that, but he got lucky on Evander. And uh, what was the she other? She made a documentary about him called Throwing Bows. <laughs> uh, Chasing Tyson so is good. an amazing documentary. I I, to see it, that, it'll yeah. give you a brand new appreciation for Evander. Holden. And how and, and just how long America has lusted after irredeemable assholes. Yes, <laughs> Evander yeah. Holyfield was indisputably better than Mike Tyson, and everyone hated him. Yeah, <laughs> for not being enigmatic, I yeah. guess, or not for being, being a, a mama's boy for being, yeah. for being like, nice, boring, yeah, boring, nice person. Mm. So he deserved to have his ear bitten off. <laughs> That's what we're saying. It, it makes it all the more tragic. And then not, Tyson is in that documentary like, yeah, I, was fe- I just wanted to hurt him to get him away. From- it's so sad. Everything about it is <laughs> yeah. sad. Like Tyson to mutilate is sad. this man. Yeah. yeah well, he's, he didn't say mutilate. Like, I was just embarrassed and I couldn't. He wasn't I, doing good. He was losing. I didn't so know what else to do. Fight. And like, I ruined the fight. And he made the whole thing about himself. And he, he regrets it. But, like, whatever. Yeah. Nice, so, many, so many ROM hacks after that fight. But today's <laughs> episode is a landmark episode because it is the first credited Conan O'Brien episode. I want to say, first off, that means nothing. Uh, <laughs> if you're credited with an episode, it might not even be your idea. I don't think this yeah. was. This is probably, um, I think this was James L. Brooks's idea. Like, a, yeah. a mother moves into the town with her <clears throat> daughter. And well, meanwhile, Conan came to the pitch, the famous first pitch meeting he went to. He pitched Marge Gets a Job, which right. was given to Oakley and Weinstein. So I don't, again, don't know exactly how a writer room works, let alone an animation. But when you're the credited writer of the episode, 
All the writers vomit everything on the table, <laughs> and then they get to leave, and it's like, now you clean this up mm. and organize this into a script, because you're the credited writer on this well, episode. I'm pretty sure for The Simpsons, all of the episode ideas come from writers' retreats that they have every year. Yeah. Like, mm. what is this What is this season going to be? And then they assign episodes to writers. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, maybe it could be your idea that you get to write. Mm. Well, they do it in a hotel room, I think they would say, and they'd like, yeah. hit a gong if you got the if you sold the pitch. And uh, yeah, I like the I like imagining what those were like. But Conan, I want to be a fly on the wall. Nineteen ninety two Simpsons writers retreat. God, <laughs> Conan's biography to that point was that he, you know, he had been the uh, I believe the editor in chief of the Harvard Lampoon. Yes, he was and, a, a background uh, character in some SNL skits sometimes. Yeah. He's and, holding a turtle. And, and, and <laughs> no, that's Bob Odenkirk. Oh and, right, and he was a head writer in that season. Mm-hmm. I believe. I don't and, think a head writer. No, was he not? Mm-hmm. Okay, but but he was also I think he was also on like that nudist talk show sketch i remember him yes that. the penis song and if you look at the first ever sketch of the five timers club which they've done several times conan oh. is the concierge the butler in that sketch i think i have seen because that of how upper crust and white he looks <laughs> and and he worked with uh oh god his name escapes me now the co-creator of king of the hill and greg uh, greg daniels, daniels. yeah uh, greg, greg daniels, daniels i believe the time. mug you see on conan's desk to this day was given to him by a king of the hill creator greg oh wow okay. and, and greg daniels would follow Conan in onto the Simpsons in season mm-hmm. five, right when Conan left. That's but, right, just so, one year. So he had, you know, he had left SNL, mm-hmm. left New York, moves to LA, gets hired on the Simpsons. He is like the next generation hires. Like they joke about how in at the end of season four, they said, "Oh, the only people who are going to be here are going to be Oakley and Weinstein and Conan. <laughs> While the rest of us are leaving mm-hmm. for big fancy deals." I watched that show actually, <laughs> and then Conan just leaves five episodes into season five yeah, for what uh, for, for what? something for his own talk show yeah. how oh, that'll never happen? last that'll how does that last. even happen uh, by the way our new writer hire uh, has a NBC late night talk show he has to leave sorry yeah and he actually owed them scripts it's really he interesting did. too this commentary is slightly frustrating because you hear nothing about the episode but Conan is oh, on is it, it. Conan he's on well, the commentary he calls in he's yeah. not watching he it. does but I, I've listened to the other ones and like there is no talk of the episode. I think he is watching it because he he references things that are being shown on the screen. Too. But they're, yeah, but they're all Conan questions and memories. That's yeah. all you get from those. But it's great because. I, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Daniel. No, his commentaries are love letters mm-hmm. to Conan from the other writers. Like we loved mm-hmm. working with you, Conan. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like you. This was. Remember you did this that time, Conan. That yeah. was so funny. Remember you did this. It's like, funny. It's so funny though how Conan has risen in stature mm-hmm. to be this great TV host. But when he was hired there, he was just the new guy and he got all the shit jobs. They mentioned he wrote the print script that never got picked up yeah he had to rewrite another writer's script which they immediately hush up on the commentary like don't talk about that mm. the guild could sue us like wow. apparently conan wrote one of the episodes that he's not credited for mm. i think he wrote springfield you uh, think so? last exit to springfield oh I last think he exit wrote that okay one. oh that I does seem very conan-y it, well because on that commentary Kogan and Walidarski joke all the time about how, like, they had left by the time the rewrite had began on it. You're right, And yeah. they say, like, I don't even remember these jokes, so this one is remembered as the best episode, but we left. I'm, I feel pretty... My conspiracy theory is he rewrote the majority of Last Exit. That, that might check out. Um, and, and he also pitched the famous Monorail episode, which ooh, I cannot right. wait to get that to is that. That is very Conan-y. But this episode, I didn't want to mention two cut B stories which were proposed mm-hmm. but never actually developed 
Uh, one was really interesting. One yes. was going to have Don Rickles. The plot Whoa. was going to be uh, Homer sees Don Rickles. You know, Don Rickles riffs on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Homer laughs until he gets riffed on, and then he punches Don Rickles out, and he goes to court for that. Uh, they wow. gave the script to Don Rickles. It had original Don Rickles jokes. Exactly. No, no. <laughs> they wrote original Don Rickles jokes. But he's like, what are you doing stealing my material? Get out of here. Well, some of the things, they just reused his jokes, and he thought they stole from him. And then Al Jean's response was like, yeah, we stole his jokes, so he'd do them. Like, we <laughs> wanted him to do his jokes. And and Conan even talks about how, like, he met Don Rickles at some function. Oh, that was graining. Uh, graining, yeah. yeah. Just like, and Rickles was still thinking about how, like, the Simpsons ripped him off. He grabbed him by the lapels, is what Graining said, yes, and shook it, him like, ah, it, the Simpsons. And it's really too bad, because Don Rickles would have been a good get for yeah, the show. Yeah, I think so. He's still alive. Oh, wait. We could kill him with this podcast. But if we never <laughs> saw Don... But if they got Don Rickles, we would never have Captain McAllister. That's true. So, mm-hmm. and then what was the other cut? Is oh, this the debut of Captain McAllister? It is, yeah. Wow. They need him too. in this episode. Um, but the other B story that they cut, or it didn't work out, was uh, the B story was going to be Homer goes to Barber Night College. Apparently, he has a <laughs> knack for cutting hair, and that was going to be a B story. Like, I want to read these scripts, mm-hmm. because they could have great jokes that we would we would be repeating to this day. I've learned easy sitcom writing is to give your uh, give a character a surprise talent that yes. they didn't know they had, and, and they, then they never forget, yeah. they never use it again. Like that was something I noticed when I rewatched News Radio that mm-hmm. they would just to me like, oh, in this episode, Andy's Andy's character Matthew is really good at ventriloquism, or no, this time Dave Foley can he can dance. Phil Hartman has a cane, or he's <laughs> knife throw Deanie. Like, yeah. Phil Hartman. News radio is it's such great. a great. Go back and watch it. Uh, but The Simpsons. This episode opens with uh, one of the more parodies lost to time. Did you guys pick up on this? No, it wasn't. This is a parody of the TV show Studs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So specifically Which, Studs. You won't believe this shit. Two point five seasons, almost six hundred episodes. Fuck me. If wow. you, you want to, yeah, like those will never be seen again. Those are just rotting away. <laughs> it was essentially exactly what you see on the screen. Yeah. Just like let's describe our fucking mm-hmm. in front of an audience. If they were raunchy, yeah, I was like, let's be raunchier than the PG Chuck Woolery show. Like, so he yeah. looks so sexy. I hope we would have sex. It's <laughs> a great parody of it. Six hundred episodes. Yes, man. that's like, insane. Every day for 2.5 years, probably. Yeah. We got new studs. I watched a lot of it. It was very formative yeah. for teaching me the wrong things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think this episode kind of... It's interesting this episode starts with a dating show because love is kind of the plot of it. So... They both I, feel this, like B+. This plus. Was, when I heard Homer talking about making bacon on the beach, I, this is the first time I heard it. was like, was that guy talking about a specific sex act? Like mm-hmm. that making bacon on the beach is a specific type of sex or is that it is just I think how just, good it was? I think it just means making bacon is a euphemism for sex and they just had sex no, on the beach. Oh, it I means masturbating so. furiously without lotion so as to create heat Ugh. and baconify uh, your own foreskin. I think I need to go to Urban Dictionary for that one, Chris. Fine. <laughs> but no, thanks. I did, there is another... Wonderfully dated reference in this portion of the show. Uh, I love the the neighbor comes over to the house and say that she's moving to Florida. Miss Winfield. Mr. Simpson, please, can you blank? uh, Yeah. Mr. Simpson, my husband and I have decided to move. Going to run out to Clark in Florida, eh? Yes. Well, there's a few things you could do to help us sell our home. First, whenever you walk in front of your window, could you please wear pants? Mm, No. Second, could you please take in your jack-o'-lanterns from past Halloweens? Mm, no. And please cover your garbage. It's attracting wildlife. Hey, Moose! You! Yeah, talking to you! Get off my lawn! Now! Yeah. Ah! 
unbelievable. That is, I've never seen a second of Northern Exposure, but oh, it's great. That is, yeah, I remember it being great. Yeah, it was. It was one of those weird CBS sitcoms. That is the. This is the real Northern Exposure theme song I just transitioned into because it is. It sounds like it's from a machine, but I. This could be a real. <laughs> it's from the Seinfeld uh, keyboard. This <laughs> felt like such a current joke then. Like I, I only knew it as ads. I hadn't yeah. watched it. Yeah, and I've still never seen it. Uh, it's good. The, the, what, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but I think it's like Twin Peaks inspired, but without the horror. It's just like a regular doctor moves to a town in Alaska full of weirdos. And yeah. They all have their own idiosyncrasies, and uh, they're all very lovable. I think the other thing I knew about it, and I had to double check this, that it was the lead on the show went through terrible contract disputes in the fourth and fifth seasons oh. to the point that they kept writing him out of the show until eventually in the fifth season and ran for six seasons in the fifth season he goes native and runs into the woods and never comes and back and there's a new doctor I guess there's just a new guy who's a similarly white nice dude I think uh, the yeah. other guy went to ER or something I forget he and, went somewhere yeah and the show ran from 90 to 95 mm. so that's how old like <laughs> the, it is it's so out of date. That's how long The Simpsons has lasted. Just I've, to I watched most idea. of this on Lifetime on reruns, so that's oh, where wow. I'm coming from. So, yes, we have the Studs parody. Mrs. Winfield I wanted to bring up. Um, a very little-used character. Kind of you <laughs> confuse her with Mrs. Glick. Uh, last time we saw her, she was complaining to Homer over the phone about Santa's little helper. No um, family on Earth would have this dog. And then she was voiced by Tracy Ullman. And yes. the first time we saw her was in uh, Homer's uh, Odyssey with the other guy talking about taking the boulder out for a walk. Yeah. One of the worst jokes on The Simpsons. Pretty bad joke. Taking his boulder for a walk. <laughs> uh, clearly they got tired of the Winfield, so they got rid of him. But I did like at least this farewell joke to them that you got to see what a non-Flanders neighbor thinks of Homer yeah. as a neighbor. I love uh, Homer's comment. Gonna run out the clock in Florida, huh? So great. Yeah. Yeah, right the clock, and she just has to agree. Like, yes, I love how much hay uh, Seinfeld made of that. By the way, that was a great little, uh, <laughs> little, little deviation from New York. Homer goes back inside. I just got to get that out. As the real estate guy is trying to sell the house, I love <laughs> like just the most clearly gay character ever. Oh, uh, the God, real estate. Yeah. Now, I don't know much about haggling or bargaining, so why don't we just agree to pay whatever the Winfields want? That could work. <laughs> uh, what was that? Sigh. Sigh. There you are. Thought you could get away, huh? Yeah, it's disgusting. That's yes. the sound of a water-soaked hot dog that he's pulling from his crotch his area. Naked crotch. Yeah. So yeah, do you? Th- but that was a sigh with a capital T H. Sigh. Sigh. I have a question for you. Do you see Homer as is he naked in that kiddie pool, or yes. is his under, or is his clothes is bathing suit beneath the water? I believe he's naked because uh, yeah. we hear about him not wearing pants. It all adds up in my head. Yeah, but he is wearing like that hat, like a fishing hat. Yeah, <laughs> it's not his fat guy hat, which you get later. I also think they edited it out of order because that scene happens which the end joke is they'll never sell this house the mm-hmm. very next shot is bart and lisa sneaking into the house with the sold sign up oh. so it just doesn't like track yeah it there's track a lot of plot like wise. shuffling of scenes around they in these in the season four episodes yeah, yeah. Uh, t- both these plots seem like the b plot they mm. they both seem underserved and abrupt um yeah a bit uh in homer i i did love homer treating all the garbage mm. as gold like oh my god old mm. newspapers oh, please, like, like, this is one of the funniest episodes i feel like we've watched so far i think it's it, if you look yeah. i have more clips than usual it's got so many back-to-back jokes i yes. think and um, they're hitting their stride and this so, is yeah. the debut of a character well yeah. homer is ahoy matey <laughs> How do your fill of tacos? Would ye sooner eat a bilge rat than another burger? Then come for all you can eat <gasps> seafood at the Frying Dutchman. Oh. 
Is it more iced tea you'd be needing? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. Set sail for the frying Dutchman. Aye, aye, Captain. Marge, we're going to that restaurant. But I think I'm allergic to seafood. The last time I ate shrimp, my throat closed up, and I went into convulsions. Mmm, shrimp. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, so, that's, Conan made him, though, right? Yeah, they, he made him up. I mean, he is just like a receptacle for pirate jokes. I just can't believe... He's Captain McAllister from the first. I thought he got a name, a backstory, way later. It's uh, in this episode. I think we learn his first name is Horatio somewhere down the line. But he's Captain McAllister now. He's not a real sea captain now. No, yeah, you're and right. Like, like, that's from the first, his first appearance. The, the writers immediately fall in love with him. Oh, he becomes a major character from then on. He, you'll see him all over season four. I, he's in the next episode in a major scene. Yeah. But they forget that he's a sea captain by I his next time. I remember that somebody, somebody asking them that and like, we when he's a, we need him to be a sea captain. He's a sea captain. When he's not, he's not. Well, I don't understand what the what the big deal is. It's such like, a weird, great idea. Like the the, the scene of him pouring iced tea while cackling madly <laughs> really feels like a Conan O'Brien idea. It's like why is the mascot of your restaurant also like the manager? Why is he also working there? It doesn't make any sense. It's so crazy. It, yeah. it should be like yeah, like Brian McCann on the side of his stage. Like yeah, the yeah. guy, the captain, the pirate who pours iced tea. It's and, not like Colonel Sanders is like like throwing out chicken or anything. Yes. Uh, also, an animation nerd catch is that Homer drooling over it was reused from his reaction to rich creamery butter oh, on right. that episode. Butter. So I almost missed that. And yeah, the, McAllister here is a guy who owns the Frying Dutchman. Mm. He's not a captain. He doesn't have two glass eyes. Like he's he doesn't. He has no affiliation with Handsome Pete. Uh, and. <laughs> He's not trying to kill a giant squid, but uh, there is something else about him that he runs a Frying Dutchman, and I have been to the Frying Dutchman in, or they have one at the Orlando Springfield at Universal Studios, Orlando. It's just like a whole, it's like a food court, so it's just a front to it, and you get, uh, you know, fish and chips there, but... Mm -hmm. They do have the neon sign, like oh, with the guy throwing into the neon. fat guy's mouth. Yeah, yeah. it's the like they recreated the neon sign perfectly. Like mm -hmm. I, it's those little touches in in Universal Studios Springfield that just make you like you guys. You guys are nearing Disney in your <laughs> dedication to this, and I really it's too appreciate. Bad you don't that. have any beloved IP. <laughs> yeah, they just got to rent them at high cost. And yeah. so, so I think we're gonna meet Laura next. We are, right? we do uh, meet Laura. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Laura. Friend, friend. Ah! Hey, kid, wake up. Who are you? I'm Laura, your new neighbor. You all right? She's beautiful. Say something clever. I fell on my bottom. <laughs> oh! <laughs> So uh, yeah, Laura, played by Roseanne Sarah Gilbert, Darlene. who played Darlene, who, like, I think that was, like, my platonic ideal for a girlfriend growing up. Like, I want to date a girl oh, like was, that who's cool and who's rude and into comics and cool stuff. I was very attracted to Darlene. Yeah. Uh, especially her SNL appearance. SNL, Sarah Gilbert's SNL appearance, I thought she oh, was you're right. smoking. Um, and she jokes about being sisters with Melissa Gilbert, too, right? Yeah, uh, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And I forgot, I forgot, I get Bart's crush, because mm. as a little kid, I had a best girlfriend who was several years older than me mm. mm -hmm. taught me how to kiss before i wanted to uh, wait how many years um, older than chris uh like 
three, four. Okay. Because I feel like me. if someone is just two years older than you at this age, you're like, they're so cool and old and they know everything. She was, but I mean, that's the age difference between them. Yeah. The yeah. Bart and, uh, and Laura, Laura here. I love that moment of saying the embarrassing thing to mm-hmm. your crush that I think anybody can identify with that. But also, I was super, I was super into being Sarah Gilbert too. It was one of those yeah. rare times in the early episodes where like, I know that guest star. I see them on Roseanne all and the it's, time. It's I just know a, them. another one, a sad history of Chris's crushes, which include <laughs> Ellen Page and Jodie Foster as well. Oh. It's just a guarantee it'll never Isn't happen. Big Bird for in there, Chris? Big Bird is totally yeah, you, so. you have a type. You yeah. have a type. But uh, Big Bird has no pussy. And that the Laura, <laughs> too, that Laura, too, is... Uh, She's that type of girl in the army jacket. Yeah. Like that is a very specific type. Yeah. That, that, I hope, that it still, I hope Car- that still exists. That was Linda Cardellini's totally. character in Freaks and Geeks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I wonder if that. I just realized my girlfriend wears an army jacket sometimes. Uh, hey, pieces are exists. coming together. And but so, I mean, in te- teenagers. So the new people that move in it's it's Laura and her mom, Ruth, Ruth Powers, Ruth Powers, and they thought of her as a potential Marge friend, and she only ever appears one other episode, sig- in, but significantly, real, yeah. I, actually, it's twice to my knowledge. Uh, we have the Thelma and Louise parody, of course, yeah, but of then course. in like season fourteen or fifteen, uh, yeah. in that episode, in that season, they make Mar- they give Marge huge breasts, and they also right. make her really buff. And Ruth teaches her how to be buff to get over PTSD from being robbed. So right. Ruth shows up as like a bodybuilder. Same yeah. same actress, Pamela Reed. Yeah, Pamela yeah. Reed. Here's a clip of her. We my mother's inside, that, Mrs. Simpson. Please go right on in. Oh, you speak so politely to adults. My upbringing was painfully strict, ma'am. That's sweet. <laughs> And finally, Most Tavern has contributed a coupon as their way of saying, Welcome to Springfield. Thank you. This is all so nice. I actually had some doubts about moving to Springfield, especially after that time cover story, America's Worst City. You can see our house in that photo. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say this, like, that spoke to me because I come from one of the worst cities in America, and I'm sure we will make the cover of Time one day. But people still talk about it because it's in uh, Battleground State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every four years, people mention our town. So more presidential (laughs) candidates come through there than they would, like, say, some shitty town in Idaho yeah. or wherever. They just film B-roll to look at the American economy and they get yeah. the hell out. <laughs> Hold up a flag and be like, we're going to fix this. And then they leave it like it's a movie set and come back. <laughs> but this uh, is like, all I have down. just a ton of clips from this because this all back-to-back sequences, all really great jokes. Laura's About mo- the divorcee? Yeah, but like it even starts out like right away with Laura's mind games over uh, Dolphin Kearney. Do you know what a wet willy is? Is it this? <laughs> hey, baby, how about putting your finger in my ear? Well, I don't know. Your boyfriend looks like the jealous type. Hey, what the... That jig's messing with our minds. Let's get out of here. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. I was going to tell your fortune. Huh? Oh, man. You're going to be rich. Whoa. There's your mansion. There's a tennis court. There's a swimming pool. See you later, Bart. Yeah. <laughs> These are all classic kid pranks. I think someone yeah. did this to me before this episode, but I'm sure it taught wow. a generation of kids to how to spit in someone's hand to get away with I it. I know it didn't bother me back then, but I would like, well, this is the end of that friendship forever. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. spit in my hand. You have crossed a line, mm-hmm. sir. Now uh, that's unsanitary, this <laughs> eight-year-old me. But that is, uh, it's, it is really great casting on her there. Yeah. And uh, when I rewatched it, I at first was like, 
why isn't Jimbo with those guys? I was like, oh, yeah, that's why Jimbo's not oh, there. Yeah. But it is weird not to see him with Dolphin Kearney. Sarah Gilbert is the third funniest person on Roseanne, and mm. it, it would be a lot higher if it wasn't for Laurie Metcalf and John, and John Galecki. Galecki right. John Goodman. Uh, yeah, no, I'm kidding. Galecki. <laughs> yes. What about um, Becky Wan? Never mind. <laughs> one's know, a great actor, one's hot. Sarah Gilbert's, uh, which one's the hot one, Sarah Chalk? Yeah. The second one. The Rick and uh, Morty one. Darlene's character I like in the show goes mm-hmm. through, like, she becomes a goth halfway through the yeah. show like or in season four pretty much she yeah she stops being just the standard kid and like i hate everything and i wear black all mm-hmm. the time and i'm not changing she starts as sort of like a smart ass tomboy yeah and then becomes yeah the goth but then mm-hmm. i i was always attracted to I, like not just attracted friends with a lot of girls like uh the tomboy ones the ones who like grow stuff and pranks and like to be funny mm-hmm. uh so i really uh, love this character i didn't get the das boat joke when, uh, <laughs> the, the das butt and my line of the show is homer arguing with sansel helper do you have that no uh, i don't i have all right my like it's just such a great joke of just career 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 and then just homer arguing with sansel helper yes, over it's, there. it's a great cutaway <laughs> And then Good. Marge just like groans after that because she realizes what she's done with her life. Yes, <laughs> and then but the never wash hands again thing is so great. Yeah. Never wash this hand Being again. Dad, make Bart wash his hand. Sorry, Elise. I no longer control the hand. The hand controls me. Dad, shut up, you little monsters. Hello, I was wondering if you'd like to babysit my little angels. Sorry, this isn't Abby. This is her sister. I look after her now. No, Bart, put it down. Put it down, Bart. It's so dark. Yeah. It's so dark. That, that unwashed hand reminded me of the touch of death from yes. uh, Flander when Flanders failed. Except then it uh, amplifies it more with him getting stuck to the dog. Yeah, and I like that. There's that, gum and like a spider web. And, like, and that's, that's what's establishing this weird relationship that Homer and Marge want to go out to eat to an all-you-can-eat seafood restaurant and need a babysitter, and Laura's going to be the babysitter. It's good connective then, tissue. Totally, it's great. It ties the whole story. In. It's I think the the reason why I look at it is too... too uh, Two not quite fulfilling B stories because it, it might just be one big story. They find a way mm. to make a lot of fat jokes in this episode. <laughs> uh, really, uh, that's what the brunt of the B story we'll get, is. I just love, I love this. Is it's not my line of the show, but it's my favorite interaction: Homer and uh, Laura's mother. Oh yeah, root ru- yeah. together. I'll send Laura over to babysit as soon as she gets home. Great. Oh, uh, and there was something else. Something I was supposed to tiptoe around. <laughs> my divorce. That's it. Woohoo! I'm glad one of us remembered. Jeez. That could have been embarrassing. Well, I know what you're thinking, and the answer is yes. I want to be fixed up with one of your friends as soon as you can arrange it. After all, Homer, I do have the normal appetites. <laughs> I know what you mean. Just let me make sure we're not talking about food. I'm not. Right. Me neither. <laughs> we're talking about sex, right? Right. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> We're not talking about food, but Ruth is thirsty. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, you know, I this felt dated to me a little mm-hmm. bit. How they were treating like ooh a divorced single yeah. mom like yeah. this is weird. Like we gotta just that it was a talking point. Not that they were judging someone for being divorced, but it was a story point that people were uncomfortable discussing totally. divorce. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go. I'll do you one better because it was Halloween and I recently watched Nightmare on Elm Street and mm-hmm. I. Traced it back as best I could. That is the first divorced family I can remember seeing on screen, with the except, possible exception of E.T. What about the Parent Trap, Chris? Uh, never saw the Parent Trap. Well, <laughs> shit, maybe you're right. But they weren't. They weren't on television. That's true. And like that's when true. people got divorced, it was like, 
Oh my god! I remember my parents saying, "Oh my god, your friend Charlie's parents are getting divorced." All my friends' parents got divorced though, same and here. they all treated it the same way. Like, oh my god! Like, it's <laughs> not really that shocking well, anymore. As, as Bob has mentioned on previous episodes, you were shame like you were at Catholic school and shamed mm-hmm. over your parents. A lot, a lot of friends' uh, parents and like the Catholic school I went to did kind of shame me because oh, I was really? looked down upon. And I mean, even in the, even in the show, I think mm-hmm. like these non traditional things that were happening, like Homer knocking up Marge before they got married, were seen as like like a little risque. So mm-hmm. I. Like it was a different, yeah. Well, now you know this also takes me back to Joel Hodgson's great speech mm. on some. Uh, I think it was a Manos episode of just talking about how now nah, was Manos, but talking about how parents had to be widowers in old sitcoms instead oh, of divorced yeah. to get together. Like the Brady family, both had to be widows. Yep to get together because it would have been too horrible for them to be divorced like you mm-hmm. so death is better yeah they, they the, the very <laughs> idea of my three sons mm-hmm. you have three sons big fucking deal <laughs> but the point is he's single <laughs> he's uh, single because uh, she died and yeah. like, <laughs> make room for daddy <laughs> well i think those things work too because people didn't talk about their grief all yeah. that much back then it's like Okay, you buried your grief, and mm-hmm. now you've got a new wife. And it's, it's, it's bury your grief. We might have another war for you to fight. Thank you. <laughs> the Simpsons will be right back. Hey there, Talking Simpsons listeners. Uh, and it's a great time to mention that this show is brought to you by Loot Crate. Talking Simpsons listeners can go to trylootcrate.com slash laser time to get 10% off with promo code BRIDGE10. That's the number 10. What is Loot Crate? Loot Crate is a monthly mystery box with the best geek and gaming gear from collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, pop figs, epic gear. It's like I called it Comic-Con in a box once, but since this is October, it is horror-themed horror. Uh, They've got Nightmare and Elm Street stuff, Friday the 13th stuff, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Walking Dead paraphernalia. And you have until October 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to get that. And then it is gone. I love all of those movies. I cannot wait to rewatch them this October. You can throw yourself a little monthly birthday with the Loot Crate service. For less than 20 bucks, you will get six to eight cool-ass items. And again, this month, it is all Halloween-y horror-themed, and I love that. So once again, Talking Simpsons listeners, you can go to trylootcrate.com slash lasertime and use promo code BRIDGE10. That's the, t- that's the number 10, as in 10% off. To get 10% off, that wasn't complicated, was it? Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 2006. Uh, but yeah, the big movie out this week... Mama, I'm going fast! ...to become the fastest man alive. That's my boy, Ricky! Dear Lord, baby Jesus, I want to thank you for my family. And Adam McKay does such a good job of making NASCAR look... Really fun and interesting. Yeah. Really good action directing job. This is this. There's so many funny money, mo- moments in this movie. Yeah. Most Will Ferrell, Adam McKay movies just packed every single space of a scene with a funny person who doesn't ever get to really shine anywhere mm-hmm. else. Michael Clark Dung in this movie is awesome. I love this line. I say it all the time. Mm. The doctor told us that we should let you work it out in your own sweet time, but Ricky, you can walk. What'd you just say? <laughs> it's all in your head. You sick. Sons of bitches. I mean, you walk in that door on your two legs all fat and cocky and looking at me in my chair and you tell me it's all in my head? I hope that both of you have sons, handsome, beautiful, articulate sons who are talented and star athletes and and they have their legs taken away. I mean, I pray you know that pain and that hurt. 
Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Don't you put that on us. You are not paralyzed. Oh, man. That makes me so happy. Don't you put that evil on me. It's so good. That's 30 20 10, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network. So I see up next, Chris. Well, do we have this Laura is, babysitting? Uh, the, yeah, go. This is almost my line of the show because it's Bart taking a bath. Bart, are you taking a bath? Yes, I am. And it would be nice to have a little privacy around here for a change. This wouldn't have anything to do with Laura coming over, would it? Hey, sometimes a guy just likes his skin to look its yellowest. <laughs> Dude. So... That is the first time they've referred to their skin as yellow, at least on the show. Maybe in the shorts they did. I remember Homer like, saying, kiss my hair yellow butt. Was that on a previous mm. episode or a later one? No, I think you're right. That, Maybe, but like this this is something they kind of... It's controversial in Simpsons because totally. Homer famously says, I'm a white male, age th- 18 mm-hmm. to 34. Yeah, everyone, cares what listen, I think. everyone listens to me. Mm-hmm. Well, we're all white and we're kind of pinkish. <laughs> yeah, but that he refers to himself as white. They... In the Simpsons world, yellow is white. Mm-hmm. They're they are the white person in that in the is, in America. It, I, whenever they do that, it's like, well, why did you bother then? <laughs> why are they yellow in the first place? If you're going to have Carl. Cool. It looks cool. <laughs> it does yeah. look cool. Hey, thank Klasky Chupo for that one. <laughs> yeah, some Russian lady did it. <laughs> but yeah, but black people are black people. Asians are Asian. Like Mexicans are Mexicans. Like, but do not call them yellow, Henry. They're Asian Ooh. people. Uh, but the but this but white. There aren't white people in the <laughs> Simpsons world. It, it felt like to me the first time I've seen in our reviewing them refer to themselves as yellow skin yeah yeah and I, oh god then we cut right away to them at the frying dutchman yeah <laughs> I love this whole exchange is so good it's like a monster here yes. i'm sorry ma'am but everything on the menu has fish in it mm, what about the bread does that have much fish in it Yes. Well, I have some Tic Tacs in my purse. Excellent choice. <laughs> and for the gentleman? All you can eat. All you can eat. All right. When you're ready, take this plate over. Please, don't take the steam tray, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've seen Homer eat before. We eat a lot before, like, at the sushi restaurant. Okay. This is, like, uh, unimaginable and, car- like, beyond cartoonish. He's, like, literally eating all the food in the you entire would, restaurant. You would think, but I am a... F- is he taking breaks to poop? I'm a fucking pig, and I, I love saying, like, I, oh, I gained 10 pounds over the summer. I'm like, you know how Christopher gains 10 pounds? Mm-hmm. Catering. Uh, Free food. <laughs> like, I, I will yeah. eat till, till like, I just, where I have, like, diarrhea, and just, still shoving food in my mouth. Free food, I'll eat the shit out of. Yeah. And, and to be fair to Homer, well, one, I love the... Whenever you go to an all-you-can-eat restaurant and you have to do that thing where, like, you wait for permission to go get your shit, you have to, like, uh, yeah. I'm going to have the all-you-can-eat, which you're not even billing me for. Just let me go get a plate. God yeah. damn it. And I, like, I love, love that. But seafood, no, seafood never gets me full. I can mm. eat seafood all goddamn day long, including, I, if you really, like, let's see if we can make it a Patreon tier. Uh-huh. I'll eat a steam tray full of shrimp. I bet you I can. It, and goes, feeling. it feels like it goes faster. It doesn't yeah. sit with you like, say, red meat. You does. should wash it down with white wine, Chris. <laughs> but the yeah, I I love buffets, and I do love that moment of you know you are waiting for your drink order. Like I gotta make my drink order, but the food's right over there. 
<laughs> and and also you've had you're like pushing yourself to have a third plate to make it worth it. Yeah, it's and like I need to get value out of this at the expense of my own health. The, the, I, I do not go to buffets because I cannot trust myself. The last buffet I went to was a uh, second last Vegas? buffet I went to was in Vegas, mm. and it was with uh, friends of the show, Brett and Carolyn, and like. I thought I was going to be the one who ate the most, but Carolyn, like, destroyed <laughs> crab legs. Like, she ate, like, two dozen crab legs. Man, yeah, like, I would go for the crab legs, you know, if they were yeah. unlimited. But definitely. all of us were all of us were so stuffed, none of us had a meal the rest of the day. We're like, and, <laughs> and that was the day I did a day trip to Las Vegas as well wow. to see a WWE wrestling event. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but eventually, Homer, oh, I love this, Homer gets thrown out. That man ate all our shrimp and two plastic lobsters. She's no man. Tis a remorseless eating machine. <laughs> Six bells, time for closing. Can't talk, eating. Fairly warned, be thee, says I. But the sign said all you can eat. Did say all you can eat. I feel like that all you can eat joke just kind of wrote itself, and they based the episode on. I mean, like part of it, just like what if a guy couldn't get all he could eat? I mean, I I worked at a kind of hick located Chinese restaurant, all you can eat buffet. Mm -hmm. Definitely says all you can eat, but because of the nature of people, had to have a lot of caveats at the Mm, bottom. No Tupperware. Well, they 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 had a to go. Uh, to go option like you just uh, go to the buffet and fill up a thing and it's like we have to make a rule you have to be able to close the lid <laughs> in, or, in order to the, yeah you have to be you able got to like close a three foot put the tall pile of yeah, rice I mean, you, seriously yeah. people would people would walk out with a mountain of like mugu guy pan <laughs> a and, jenga well, of frog's well, legs the, i mean that's the thing at a chinese <laughs> buffet it's like look you can make rice anywhere just yes. don't like why fill up on rice and they have they had a time limit um, wow. For real, like you, like you, did they play the double dare music? But it was like two hours, but it's only because like a couple. It's in a poor area, so like, like people would come in and like some a couple people sat in there all day. You can't go to the bathroom and vomit. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. Yeah, I, I, they had a TV with sports on. I can see, like, why not? If the chair's yeah. comfortable, just eat yourself into oblivion and watch football. <laughs> so, it's fairly warned to be ye says, says I. I. Is that the pirates? <laughs> that isn't the pirates ride, right? Isn't it? Um, I, I don't, don't know. So. It's been it's been a good six years. I've been on that I, ride. I don't think so. I thought it was an, just a wonderful example of excessive use of limited pirate vocabulary. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, antiquated English. Fairly worn. And I forgot to, how Darn. important... I, I watched Peter Pan on VHS endlessly. I, I was wearing a, P, a Peter Pan shirt a second ago. It's one of my favorite movies ever. The uh, the Disney one? The Disney okay. one. Yeah, and so I for years I didn't know how to spell build dread. It wasn't in the dictionary. Mm. Uh, there's no subtitles in my clamshell VHS. Learning how to spell bilge rat was one of the most exciting things for me. And ah, I learned what a bilge is. Actually, I, I just double-checked this. I thought I'd see this. Jeffrey Martin tweeted this when the episode aired oh. during Every Simpsons mm. Ever two years ago. He says, Fairly warned to be thee, says I. Paraphrases ta- talking skull at the start of Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Oh, oh wow. wow. So that's where he got it from. I am learning this. That's a, a ride is great for you. Yeah. But I have just, oh, God, I love that line. He's Every McAllister line is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and really in, in between years, the only scene of Bart's courtship with Laura. Sir, come on, Bart. If I can teach Maggie to waltz, I can teach you. Uh-huh. Just follow me. Put your hand on my hip. Okay. <laughs> Great scene. I love how the music transitions into a full orchestra. Yeah. And it reminds me yeah. of the scene with Marge dancing with Jock in yeah, season it, one. Very similar. Like, black and white. 
the the dwindling fantasy sequences in this yeah. season. Um, yeah, but there's a couple goodies in this one, and, mm-hmm. and Wes Archer does a very good job of them. He, well, his team, he was a director, and uh, also the taste of Kabul, like the the Afghanistan references. I didn't know it was <laughs> Afghanistan yeah, yeah. they were eating until obviously the post nine eleven world. Uh, Americans are very aware of places so in Afghanistan. But, that really uh, feels like what my town would have done with an eth- like a super ethnic non white food place. Like we're not going there. Like yeah. Indian food was weird. Like traditional Mexican food was weird. Yeah. Like Taco Bell was as far as we would go. Yeah, uh, off of the white spectrum of casseroles and like potato based uh, meals. The and the most like they'll they'll go Mediterranean with like Greek food, but any farther south, yeah. they're not into that. They want a Mediterranean burger. <laughs> it's a Mediterranean uh, fries. Just them wrestling over the uh, the two the two Afghani brothers wrestling over the telephone. That was funny. Yeah. I was like sometimes you. I think you want us this, to fail. This, this, Shut up. But this is all leading into what my line of the show is. I got it. It's one of the few jokes I got then. I get it now, and I still love it. Go for it. Tell me in advance if you want a different line of the show next time, because this is my line of the show. That's the joke. All you can eat. Huh. Mr. Simpson, this is the most blatant case of fraudulent advertising since my suit against the film The NeverEnding Story. So, do you think I have a case? Homer, I don't use the word hero very often, but you are the greatest hero in American history. Woohoo! the way he grabs his head when yeah. he says that. Yeah, I, I love this quote, but my quote's coming up later, and Ooh. I think this, this is rigged. This whole thing is rigged <laughs> against it, me. Not to bring him up, it does... It makes me feel like Donald Trump just hears a Lionel Hutz in his head all the time. <laughs> Lionel Hutz is so good. Everything yeah. you're thinking is correct. <laughs> You've <laughs> never so been great. wrong. You're a total hero. You'll be drunk, but, failed attorney in your that's, head. That's Homer deciding to sue, which that was... For, he comes to that decision with the Don Quixote line, which yeah. I love that line because... It is one of those things like I can see my dad doing of just like oh, yeah. being so insistent. And by the way, this is before this is before the internet, guys. So mm-hmm. he had to look up in an encyclopedia or something yeah. in the house to find it out. But just the way he goes, like I, I really think it was Don Quixote. I'm gonna fight this thing. Oh, please don't for me. <laughs> Sorry, Marge. This is my quest. I'm like that guy, that Spanish guy. <laughs> You know, he fought the windmills. Don Quixote? No, that's not it. What's his name? The Man of La Mancha. Don Quixote? No. I really think that was the character's name. Don Quixote. Fine, now look it up. <laughs> well, who was it? Never mind. That's great. <laughs> it's, you no, can't well, know La Mancha and not Don Quixote. Number one, uh, don't compare yourself to Don Quixote never. because you're just calling yourself a fool who's misguided. I don't think Homer understands that. I've never read that book, but I have watched The Man of La Mancha play, which is actually it's, very good. It's like a gigantic book full of like several um, like vignettes and stuff. It's, it's yeah. really, really big. It's funny, though. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's funny. But, well, at least like, we've never humor. read it in Spanish, though. So I guess we're, we're missing all the puns. The localization censored <laughs> the hell out of the Don Quixote. But, but the Too many mu- modern-day references. The, the musical Man of La Mancha is really great. I love it. So, I experienced I, that through the Pinky and the Brain parody of it. The oh, full-length episode parody wow. of Man of La Mancha. Why did that show ever air? I don't I, know. I first experienced Man of La Mancha through the episode of uh, Quantum Leap, where wow. he quantum leaped into a person starring in Man of La Mancha, and so he had to put on the show. That is where the song The Impossible Dream comes from, just in case anyone is dream, confused. Dream, The Impossible Dream. I, I did want to get to some music here. Oh. Uh, because We've got a lot of great comments on lasertimepodcast.com. 
TalkingSimpsons.com if you don't want to go through the awesome chuffa that is our great content. Mm, get that uh, British out of here, Chris. Talking <laughs> Simpsons. Uh, but we get a lot of great comments from like animation fans and animators. Oh, yeah. Our and, geeking out really paid off. Yeah. and I, I re- Thank you guys so much for that. So I wanted to reward you with this, with, with something really specific. Uh, Bart goes to Grandpa for love advice. Grandpa, I need some advice. Did you ever have a crush on an older woman? I had a crush on the oldest woman. 120 years old she was. Here's a picture of her delivering UB Blake. <laughs> what happened? She fell in with that Guinness Book of <laughs> Records crowd. Suddenly, she didn't have any time for me. Oh, I wore a 15-pound beard apiece for that woman, but it just wasn't enough. UB <laughs> <laughs> Blake, never heard of the guy. I, I, I had to Actually, look it up. I didn't look it up. I don't know why. Uh, he's an old-timey jazz musician born during cowboy times. Oh, um, and he was he, famous for being old. Yes. Like, he died in 1983 oh. at the age of 96. He wrote a musical called Shuffle Along, which starred Josephine Baker and this song I love Josephine in. Baker. Ooh, no way. I'm just wild about Harry, and Harry's wild about me. Mother heavenly blisses of his kisses fills me with ecstasy. That's just a rough idea, you understand. <laughs> Loved this cartoon. Uh, Yankee Doodle Daffy, 1943. Oh, man. Who performing that? like a 20-year-old song. Is that is that a McKimson one? I that looks like a McKimson uh, Daffy. We don't know. Uh, I think oh, it's Frizz Freeling. Freeling. Yeah. Isidore. Frizz Freeling. Freeling. Ah, now you love Frizz Freeling. I, hey, look, I never hated on Frizz Freeling. You hate on him all the time. He, he was my fourth favorite one, and he directed the most of the bad 70s ones. Let's forget about Daffy meeting Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, look, the match made in hell. I you, Everybody can talk about how crappy some of Chuck Jones Jones' stuff in the 70s was Real can't bad. compare to Frizz Freelings. Like, I'd, I'd watch a million Tom and Jerry's by Chuck Jones then Cool Cat. You're not going to watch uh, Bunny cool and Clyde? Cat. Oh, I love Bunny and Clyde. About the uh, great Santa Claus caper, the Raggedy Ann and Andy Christmas special I forced eh, myself to sit through. Yeah, look, they're not good either, <laughs> but his Chipmunks was okay. Yeah, they're all right. Right before that scene, mm-hmm. though, we get the introduction of another character. You're really? right. I was going to say this. Old Jewish man. Affectionately named <laughs> Old Jewish Man. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey. Apparently, like, you do this? <laughs> I looked this up, Henry. Apparently, he appeared before. This is this is his first like personification uh, as the character that we know. With Azaria's voice. and Yeah. Right? Like, in Azaria, a Jewish man is very good at that old <laughs> Jewish man voice, and he basically just does that voice again when he plays uh, Harold Zoid. Oh, in, you're uh, right. Yeah. It's the same voice. And yeah. on the commentary, it's great. This uh, this scene happens and uh, Conan goes, an old man appears, he wastes everyone's time, and he's carried away. <laughs> That's a Conan O'Brien joke. <laughs> uh, by the way, the world's oldest woman... Actually, oh, was 122. Yeah. yeah, Jean Calment. It's I love being able to say that. No human has ever lived longer than that. Mm. 122. That's all we got. And now we're older than the world's oldest cat. Like the <laughs> world's oldest cat that died was like in its early 30s. So. He was born in like 85 or something. Now like 31. Uh, I, I'm I'm kind of bummed out because a a cat in my life is uh, not doing very well. <laughs> one of your mom's uh, 17 cats. It's my mom has one cat, and oh. it look. I'm not going into this. So it's, it's a bummer. So I'm not you know what right. well, everybody. How about podcast has powers, Henry? We don't want to like use them. Yeah. Let's listen to Laura rip Bart's heart out instead. Thanks for coming. I pleased to aim. I'm so happy. I just had to tell someone. I have a boyfriend. You won't be needing this. 
Uh, I that love scene that. I love looks that great. It's lit so, so well, and I, I think it's cool that like Laura is a flawed character too. Mm-hmm. Like she goes for the bad boy, and Bart is flawed as well because she he's kind of like in the quote unquote friend zone. He doesn't understand that. I got like, friend zone just like this for someone just like Jim. I don't. I don't believe in the friend zone. I think it's something that bitter men say, and then they well, post on Reddit. Well, I, I would always. So it, it's hard to pronounce your feelings for certain things, and now I just wish I had all that time back where I didn't tell someone I like them. Or there's very easy <laughs> ways to say you're interested, yeah. And so someone wouldn't you're putting come. a lot on the line. So well, so, so but that all this time of like it's been eight months and this girl doesn't know that I love her, and then she's telling me about her boyfriend and it hurts so bad. I all I had to do was make like some intentions <laughs> clear. We can talk about it, move forward as friends, or, but, or not. But it would be scary to do that. Just saying, and, and I'm giving, was, might be turned down. So I have you, no yeah. time for that now. Days was that your life for the first man. season of Friends? <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah, so look, guys go. Many American men have gone through this thing, so it is I, an identifiable I have, story. Yeah, yeah but, but also because men can't fucking dif- differentiate between love and lust. Like it's yeah. like it shouldn't be fucking a crime to say you have physical. Don't do Donald Trump in it. But, <laughs> uh, but express like feeling you those things express that wrong. It's not yeah. wrong. But it, yeah, like these dudes write sonnets over like boners they mm-hmm. have when like they don't really, they just want sex. I say, I say, keep it a secret if it'll make things awkward and make the the other person uh, uncomfortable. But it'll make everything awkward forever, uh, or just distance yourself. I don't know. I don't have a solution. Yeah, it, but it's it. They're not. Really I think you need to learn at some point how to be attracted to people or be friends with people you're attracted to without yeah. doing anything. Mm. I mean, I wish a woman was on here for this, but uh, <laughs> I do feel like Laura. Laura's being punished or like mm-hmm. viewed negatively by the show for like like yeah it's her first boyfriend he's mm-hmm. a dick like see she has well, she has a bad first boyfriend. I think we are supposed one, to side with Bart I think that's it's supposed to make it look like more anguishing for Bart yeah, yeah. it's mean, not. It's not just that he's getting ditched. He's getting ditched to her guy who beats him up every. Yeah, day. immediately yeah. when she tells him who it is, he, there's a flashback to him getting like swirled mm. with Bart wearing an uncharacteristic green shirt. He's like wearing his merchandise shirt. Yeah, but that's but, the, but well, it's like it's red shirt, blue shirt, and then green yeah, shirt. Is I don't know way below that. It's like a coloring mistake. You're emphasized by this scene, Hank. Good luck in your trumped up lawsuit, Dad. Thanks. That means a lot to me. All right, you guys, I want you in bed before Jimbo gets here. What do you like about him? He's just a good-looking rebel who plays by his own rules. <sighs> I love it when The Simpsons defines which one of its characters is good-looking for me, so I just have something, some basis of comparison. He's oh, no, Marge is hot. He's I no guess. Langdon Alger, though. <laughs> I mean... Jimbo's he, kind of ugly, though. He's yeah, like, like, the show. He he's got an ugly soul. Shirt. He always yeah. he wears a dumb shirt. He always on has on that stupid hat. <laughs> and he's, like, just an asshole. But, like, Bart asking Homer, like, what do we do when a, when a woman is with a clod that's beneath her? He's like, well, I married her. Like, <laughs> and Marge that, laughs. That was a... I love that joke because I like when Homer's being intentionally joking. Like, yeah, I like when they have fun funny. with each other. It's yeah. really cute. And also, we, we skipped right past Homer's love advice to Bart, I which it. I did love. This is a sacred moment between a boy and his father son a woman is a lot like um a refrigerator they're about six feet tall 300 pounds they make ice and oh wait a minute actually a woman is more like a beer they smell good they look good you'd step over your own mother just to get one but you can't stop at one you want to drink another woman So I says, yeah, if you want that money, come and find it, because I don't know where it is, you baloney. <laughs> you make me want to wretch. <laughs> <I> have- <laughs> 
So, like, I love that yeah, baloney, and, like, my friend Sarah who's listening says it all the time, so hello, Sarah. It's, it, but Bart's yeah. face, when, when it goes to the trunk transition, is so awesome. He's just half-lit and tired yes. of it, but then Homer, I mean, in another context, a son watching his father get drunk is a tragedy, yeah. but it's, and tell it's him about hilarious. life, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. I, let me let me jump back, because I, I love this sh- Love my Phil Hartman. I am on a quest to get every Phil Hartman character oh, I can here. He's all up in season four. Ooh, love Lionel Hutz. Um, captain McAllister, isn't it a fact that you're not a real captain? I. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, I, if I'm giving like sequence of the show, Marge's testimony, regardless of Julie Kavner's delivery... Is one of the funniest things ever written, I feel like. Yes. Yeah, the, the emotion she's putting behind what a ridiculous it it joke. Like him eating a bag of flour, them going fishing. All of yeah. this is so great. All of this oh, is sorry, so great. I gave Mrs. it away. Simpson, <laughs> isn't it true your husband once consumed a 10-pound bag of flour when no other food was available? Yes, but it was... Your witness! Uh, there's a pizza here for... Right here. Mrs. Simpson... What did you and your husband do after you were ejected from the restaurant? We pretty much went straight home. Mrs. Simpson, you're under oath. We drove around until 3 a.m. looking for another all-you-can-eat fish restaurant. And when you couldn't find one? We went fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Did these sound like the actions of a man who had... All he could eat. No, that could have been me. Thank you for keeping that. Oh. I don't think I go. That could have been me. Yeah, it just flashes to a fat jury. So Everything the, about that is perfect. The jury is just a bunch of fat guys. Yes. This this whole courtroom scene, I remembered it as being in multiple scenes, but yeah. it's just an uninterrupted yeah. time in the courtroom, yeah. and it's all hilarious. And yeah, the. I think one of my oft-quoted lines is like, that could have been me. Like, just these, when it finally hits this fat guy, like, hey, I, I, I can happen to anybody. The outrage. Any person <laughs> would have this problem. And I guess it's a, it's a parody we of saying fishing. like, Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's a parody of getting a jury that is in your favor, yeah. like racially, or all women on the, <sighs> on a jury with a woman They were not screened. They should have had less yeah. fat guys. I just think it's beautiful. Uh, they <laughs> Cup- lawyer did a really bad I, job screaming. with Captain McAllister. I expect more from him. Um, but meanwhile, Jimbo's back at the house making out with Laura. My <laughs> shirt's chafing me. Mind if I take it off? Well, okay. I would never pay for sex, but during sex, I would pay a woman to let me leave my shirt on. <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. I would never that's make broker this deal. what the lights offer for. Uh, but, oh, you didn't talk about how Homer, the, the resolution was resolution Homer got so, to eat in the window. And it's just, fine. He has more stomach than that. <laughs> it was a cute little, it, it just ended it. Both of these things are like, we got to end. Yeah. Like, yeah. We gotta well, this is way better. Like, because Bart wants to get rid of Jimbo by finally calling Moe's and giving him his address. And just the... It's the incorrect address. Is it? Yeah. But it says, good for one free beer at Moe's. This is Moe's Tavern, isn't it? No, this is Bo's Cabin. Give me my beer. (laughs) Stupid welcome mobile. I knew it would ruin me. How many free beers does he get? Yeah, just a sec, I'll check. Uh, Amanda Hug and Kiss. Hey, I'm looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Uh, Why can't I find Amanda Hug and Kiss? (laughs) Ah! Maybe you 
standards are too high. Little SOB. If I ever find out who you are, I'm gonna shove a sausage down your throat and stick starving dogs in your butt. My name is Jimbo Jones, and I live at 1094 Evergreen Terrace. Aha! Big mistake, pal! I know he'd slip up sooner or later. Ah, yes. Rusty and dull. So cool. So this is really selling out Moe's character. Like, Moe's ready to... I mean, he is this guy from then on. Like, Moe's ready to kill. Like, Like, he will murder this child. Have you seen Moe out of the bar at this point? Hmm. Um, Yeah, he went went to their party at... Mm. uh, The boxing uh, thing. It's true, it's true. He's like, college boy. Mm. Hide the mugs. So, uh, like, this is canonically... Bart's last prank call. Other characters would call Mo instead of Bart after this. Like Burns really? would call him. Like Waylon Smithers. Like Waylon, you say Smithers, huh? <laughs> and then like, um, and or then, Homer did the reverse one on the Spring Break episode yeah. where he, where Bart, he said he'd uh, staple an American flag to his butt and mail him to Iran. Yeah, and Lisa was helping him prank. But it's mm. weird because. Uh, in a season like 13 episode, Bart teaches Homer how to prank when that Bart on the Road episode, Lisa taught him how to prank. So it doesn't make any sense. The timeline's all screwed up. Yeah. But they the 1094, they gave multiple that's, different... That's the resolution on the episode. Evergreen Terrace had been their thing. Uh, they they knew they wanted the street to be mm-hmm. Evergreen Terrace, but they didn't settle on a number. Like, they said 1094. Other times they said 1092. It's, but it would eventually be 742, 742 but yeah. they hadn't settled on it yet. So, uh, the, and the original name I pitched for this podcast was a 742 Evergreen Podcast. Hmm. Uh, terrible. Bad SEO. Bad SEO. <laughs> yeah, I think that was what we said. Like, we gotta have Simpsons in the name. So, on the commentary, Conan O'Brien has made me hate the ending because he yeah. really calls out the issue with it, which is like that Jimbo is proven to be a coward because a man threatens to murder him. Toxic masculinity is good. A man, yeah, a man comes into the house. He knows his name, and he's like brandishing a knife. It's like I am a grown man, and I will kill you, thirteen-year-old. <laughs> oh no! Please don't kill me. What a coward! And it's like and his shirt's off. Tough. He's like completely vulnerable. In too. Mo's defense, he was not going to kill me. But yeah, he he said he's only he's only like, going to cut him. Again. I wasn't going to kill you. I'm just going to cut you a little. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of, and there were some jokes in there that were like time filler, like Mo running by, and then the freeze frame. Ah! Of, yeah, and then pulling out the map. F five, <laughs> and then meanwhile Barney's heart stopped like that. He drinks all. Yeah, I love I love that Here's shot. Ashtray. That camera angle of him like laying backwards and like just has like the tap in his mouth. He looks like he's planking. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's right. Uh, way ahead of that craze. And yeah, she says like you're not the man I thought you were, Jimbo. You're crying like yeah, man threatened to kill me. With Come on, Laura. Right. Yeah, I guess we, we didn't see Laura after this. We saw Ruth Powers. Laura disappear. She's not even like a background character. Like yeah, were, and it makes you go, like, she went to boarding school. I guess so. That and, could be it. And when uh, when Ruth you know, is talking about being behind on child support. They are talking about Laura, but they just don't bring her back. That's true, yeah. Even though she lives right next door. I think they mentioned her getting back home so that naked talk show isn't being viewed by her. That's and, uh, right, yeah. yeah. So my daughter didn't see a naked talk show, which, by the way, I once turned, a rare time I turned on TV in Berkeley, I got to the, you know, public access channel, and it really was just like two people nude talking <laughs> about things. It was just... Like they had, they had quilts over their windows, so it's not God. to like offend or whatever. Hey, but they it paid was, their twenty dollars for that hour. Our, but it was just public two, access channel had Fat Albert, man. I don't, I never <laughs> understood that. How these it, were unattractive naked people, and they were standing about people. four feet apart from each other, a man and a woman. Like, what was your child?
childhood like well uh, you know my dad was mexican and i was like what's this what my public this? access channel at home people would just uh air their barbecue videotapes and I, I would leave them on like this is three hours of a barbecue like when was when is this gonna end oh thank god and it wouldn't facebook end. so i can ignore that it doesn't have to take up the airwaves <laughs> Uh, oh god so yes I guess that was a new kid on the block yeah, um, a really good episode IMO I like it I think the B story is a little cheap and it, and it kind of cheapens yeah, Bart's story don't know what's the B story I love Bart's girlfriend more because it's, mm. it's just about that and I feel like the, the, that character mm. uh, Lovejoy is a much better more fully formed character a than a better Laura. foil and yeah. there's a better twist on it like Laura, Laura is more idealized. Like she, she I doesn't get so. to have much of a life. While is she a manic pixie dream girl? Maybe. I think a little bit, but she's also idealized from the perspective of an eight-year-old who doesn't really know how to be attracted to somebody just yet. Mm. He, Bart's attracted to the qualities in her that he has. Yeah, he, he's just liking, uh, you know, one of the guys type yeah. girl. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'd say this is. I think pretty, I just had a breakthrough. I need to go. <laughs> this is a pretty good episode that hits real highs, like all Captain oh, yeah. McAllister moments. Totally the best. Lionel Hutt's the best. That Marge testimony—that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It, there's some mm. great moments in it. I'm glad Don Rickle said no because we got <laughs> Captain McAllister. Yeah, that I want to try and get this. Character. We got to shut it down. We got to get this another, another, an under an hour because the next episode is Mr. Plow. We're here all night. <laughs> I am terrified, terrified yes, uh, of how long we're gonna go. Wrap up really quick. Mm-hmm. I've been your host, Bob Mack. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. I also write for SomethingAwful.com. My other podcast is Retronauts, a classic gaming podcast. You can find that at retronauts.com every Monday and I am now a writer for fandom so go to fandom.com and read my stuff there Henry who powers that uh, Wikia uh, is powered yeah. by Wikia. Yes, that's great Bob. Simpsons wiki too. Bob is now my uh, co-worker. I'm really looking forward to it. Just find out that in two weeks we hate working. <laughs> like we're good friends, that but we never work. Henry, I hate him. Let's <laughs> Bob. No, uh, but seriously though, yeah, that's where I work. You can find my work there on fandom.com. I'm a games editor there, and also H E N E R E Y G on Twitter. And you should hear our other exclusive episodes of Talking Simpsons that are the first season on patreon.com slash laser time, including the season two and season three wrap ups with deep, deep cuts of Simpsons goodiness. Indeed. Uh, and listen to Laser Time. It's a topic based pop culture show. Uh, Simpsons have entered into almost every episode. In fact, uh, some of our YouTube videos, game streams, are like, could you just stop it with the Simpsons references? You <laughs> think this is the perfect outlet. Nope. It's still not enough. We're all diseased. It's not <laughs> enough. And, and, oh, and if you like our looking back at stuff, you should definitely listen yes. to 302010. I think you will love, if you like Talking Simpsons, you'll love 302010. So, oddly enough, what's happening right now, if you don't know what 302010 is, it's essentially like the news segment we do at the top here, but about 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. And it's immediate with immediately kicked off with the Hank Scorpio You Never Move Twice episode. So we, we try and hold back from talking about that show, that episode, like we would here. We'll like get to it in two Another years. two years, yeah. we can finally get to it. Thanks uh, but so that, much. That is, that is 20 years old. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with Mr. Plow. See you then. infotainment shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business like that let's put it online and see what happens stage and the site is live that we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage thanks you're all set that count it up and ship it around the globe stage this one's going to thailand 
and that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 